So one of my major philosophies across all of teaching LinkedIn and social selling is stop focusing on hitting your goal, focus on helping your client hit theirs, right? So when you put that in perspective, all the content that you're sharing should help your client move closer and closer to success. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, I have Bryn Tillman with us, and we're going to be talking about LinkedIn selling tips and tricks that get big payoffs. Very exciting topic. Really excited to hear what Bryn has to say here. Uh, by way of introduction, Bryn is the LinkedIn whisperer and the CEO of Social Sales Link. For about a decade, she's been teaching entrepreneurs, sales teams, and business leaders how to leverage LinkedIn for social selling. Bryn is also the author of the LinkedIn Sales Playbook, a tactical guide to social selling. Welcome to the Outside Sales Talk, Bryn. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you. you you're an expert in social selling. Tell me, uh, just to level set, what, what does social selling mean to you? Ah, so I believe social selling is leveraging online platforms like LinkedIn to attract, teach, and engage your targeted buyers and get scheduled conversations. So generally, it's top of the funnel, although it's not limited to that. Uh, it tends to be where people uh, need it the most but there's absolutely nurturing and working uh, through the funnel on LinkedIn and social selling as well. Yeah, I've, I've, I've found it to be really great for kind of middle of the funnel stuff. You know, people mm -hmm. will engage with Badger at some level and, and follow, end up following us because of, um, because of the content that we put out, but like they were interested, but they, they didn't actually get around to finishing the project or getting Badger, but like they liked it and then they, they, kind of follow for six months and engage with this or that, this, that, or the other thing over the, over time. And then later it kind of reminds them, I think, Oh yeah, I did want to do that. That that's number, still number 15 on my to-do list. And Oh, I, I'll get to that in November. So it's, I, I find it really useful for that middle funnel stuff. Well, social selling, if, if I want to put definition around it based on even what you just said, uh, it's showing up with empathy, building relationships, being a resource, and staying in front of the right people so that when the time is right, the sale will happen. Excellent. Um, and tell me, how do you do that on these platforms that you have, specifically LinkedIn? How do you position your LinkedIn profile to, mm -hmm. uh, to dive deeper, to, uh, to, to social sell better? Yeah, love that question. Um, so no matter how we get the, no matter how we attract the person, so we can attract them in a couple of ways. One is through content. One is through getting warm introductions and referrals. Um, uh, you know, others are, um, you know, they came, you came up in the search. I mean, there's lots of different ways that they may find you, but no matter what happens, they're visiting your profile. And so that profile has to be positioned right. And one of the biggest mistakes salespeople make is they use it as their brag book or their resume. And the bottom line is we need to leverage the tool in a way that gets hands raised, right? That's our goal. It's to get more conversations with the right people. So everything that we do on social, starting with our profile, needs to work toward that goal. And typically, the only way we're going to do that, particularly when people aren't shopping yet, they're not in the market for your product or service, um, but you've attracted them and you're going to start getting them to think a little differently. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. The job of the profile, well, maybe we'll talk about it now. The job of the profile is to create curiosity, to get them thinking a little bit differently, and get them interested in having a conversation. 
thought leadership by our definition is leading other people to think differently. So we need to do that with our profile. We've got to move it from a resume to a resource. So by setting up our profile in a way that when our buyers get here, our stakeholders get here to this profile, they are curious, learning something new, potentially getting concerned that whatever they thought before was wrong or wherever they are today is wrong and interested enough that they take action. What does take action look like? They accept your connection request. They request to connect with you. They look at your content now and start to engage there, right? There's lots of ways that, but the goal is that they are compelled to take action, which will lead to conversation. You said something that really intrigued me there. You said, uh, you know, you, you want to set up your profile in such a way and your presence online in such a way that you elicit concern from the person who looks at it that they may want to make some kind of change. You make them curious. And that way they actually take the next steps with you. How do you set up a profile to elicit that concern? I love that. So there's some formulaic pieces to it. The first thing we would say is the headline. The headline is simple. The job of the headline is to get your buyers to want to keep reading. So that's about resonating with them. Who you help, how you help, and the difference you make or the impact you have. Or, right, three pieces in the headline. So they go, he's talking to me. I need that. I want that who you help, how you help them, the impact you can make for them. That's enough to get them to keep reading if you do that well. So the next section is the about section. And this is where people blow it because they start with my mission, my passion, my years in business with over 23 years of doing this, this, and this. And you haven't earned the right for them to care about that yet. Not that they won't care about your story. In fact, I love your story and experience. Because by the time they get to experience, if they get to experience, you've earned the right for them to now care. So what does earning the right mean? And then we'll get back to how to create the about section. Earning the right means that you've provided more value in the time that it took to, so let's say it takes five minutes to read your about section. At the end of the five minutes, you've got them going, that was a dud. It was okay. It's what I expected. Or man, I'm compelled to keep going or I'm compelled to do something. Content works very similar to that. So what do we need to touch in there? So, so your mission, your passion and your years in business is not getting them to say, I, you know, I feel compelled. I, I'm connected to, I want to learn more. Right? So start with the challenge your buyer is facing. That's what's going to pull them in. So let me, Badger, what's the, the challenge your buyers are facing? So well, we help field salespeople and um, the challenge that they tend to face is, that we're helping them with is that they have to organize their time when they're in the field and their data about their customers is a, a key yeah. thing that they need to understand when they're organizing or prioritizing their time. And so we connect with their CRM or if they're keeping their data in a spreadsheet um, and we'll pull in information about all their customers and give them a tool set that allows them to figure out who to focus on. And then once given that they know they're going to, they generally know, Oh, we're gonna, I'm going to be in this area because I've got a meeting with this person at 10 AM. So given that I'm going to be driving out here, um, who should I be focused on and what is the order on which I should try to meet with them in? Who should I be setting appointments with? Who can I just drop by? Uh, depending on the industry, et cetera. But okay, they are unorganized in the field and we help them become organized, basically. So, okay, so the challenge, you, you touched on that there at the end. The challenge is most outside sales reps waste, I, you, know, you probably have this somewhere, X percentage of their time in their car, not optimizing their geographic locations on a daily basis which leads them to disorganization in their, in their journey and 
potentially missing out on significant revenues that they would have had had they planned out their, had they mapped out their buyers at the beginning of the week or their buyer visits or whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the challenge. So now I go, wow, you know, I am spending an awful lot of time in my car between clients and that, that makes sense, but I still don't know what to do about it. And we're not selling yet. We're not saying, hey, we can help you do this yet. But we created curiosity, right? We went, yeah, you know, that, that I resonate with that, that. So the next thing you're going to do is you're going to talk about ways they can get more organized. And so just to clarify, you, you think that we should in the first line where you're talking about who you help, how you help them and the difference you headline. make, that's where we, that's the headline. It, that's where we, that, that's kind of where we want to make that statement. Like here is, here is the, the challenge our customers are facing. Yeah, in my that's, case. About, that's the about section. So the, okay. the headline would be, we help sales so we help sales outside sales professionals or on the road field field sales professionals whatever you want to call them um organize their day so they can see more clients in less time and close more business that would be my headline okay right now we go something like that Right, we could perfect that, but and that that elicits concern that they're not doing it as effectively as they can, and it so now curiosity. Okay, like yeah, so you know, so I think it create that that's not concern yet. Okay, that's the curiosity. When we get into the about, now we go into concern. This is how much business you're losing, potentially, mm -hmm. because you do not map out your client visits. Right now we've got concern. Mm -hmm. So we have, we started, we've got curiosity, concern. Now we need to teach them something new. This is not time to pitch yet. You can talk about your stuff and experience right now. We want to be the resource, right? So how are we doing that? Mm -hmm. So there are five things that reps need to do in order to um, map out their, their day. Number five is going to be by Badger, but one, two, three, and four is going to be other stuff, right? So it might make, make sure that all of your clients have their, their local zip code in CRM so that you can pull up by zip, right? Like that's important to do because if their headquarters is five states away and that's what you have in there, that's not going to help you figure out who's in a zip code area. So maybe that's one tip. And we could go through other tips to do that, right? Um, it could be uh, be hyper aware when you are prospecting, even on LinkedIn, when you're prospecting on LinkedIn, and if you have Sales Navigator, search prospects by zip codes. That could be a good tip, I don't know. We come up with four others. Number five is invest in a software that can help you do the, connect with your CRM, right? And that's it, right? If number five is of interest, let's have a conversation. Even if we don't work together, I'd love to show you how in, in under 10 seconds, we can map out your entire day and, and optimize your productivity. Okay, so this, there's almost like a CTA in the about section. Yeah. Like, sorry, I'm using jargon. A call, there's a call to action in, in the about section where you offer value um at the end that was that's that's a that's something i don't see a lot of people do is yeah, just have a, a concise about about section that then has a, almost a cta in it and where you're yeah. you're making an offer i like and that. if you've provided enough value you've created curiosity you've created a little bit of concern and now you've educated them you've earned the right to have that conversation mm -hmm. right and that's the goal we need we want to earn the right so we want them to say Oh my gosh, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I need to do that. Boy, this was really clever. I learned so much in reading three minutes in this about section that a phone call is going to be really worth my time. It's a little test drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, I have a theory in life that's played out many times, and that is that you, you get to keep 10% of the value in the world that you create. So... The goal is just to create as much value as you can and you keep about 10% of it. And this, this, this falls in that framework where, uh, 
where you know if you if you've done some real value creation for people then all of a sudden they're like oh i i actually do want to talk to this person that mm-hmm. that sounds that that sounds pretty interesting yay yeah i mean there's a couple other things on the profile we can move beyond profile but you know your experience gives you a lot of opportunity to people to for people to connect with you personally so telling your story your, your why is great but also it gives you the opportunity to highlight your deliverables because a lot of times people don't know what you sell. What do you mean by that? Highlight your deliverables. Yeah. So we call it, although I have to be careful in some areas, we call it the LinkedIn hack because it's not, we use this differently than LinkedIn planned it to be, how LinkedIn planned it to be used, but it's awesome. So have you ever noticed if, if someone has progressed inside of a company, they've been promoted, you can see threaded together are all the positions. Have you ever noticed that on somebody's LinkedIn profile? Yes. Okay. So, you know, they started off, they were a sales rep. Now they're uh, a regional manager, then director of sales, right? You watch it progress. People don't care, if, especially if you're a sale, you're, you're field sales, they, they don't care about your history that doesn't matter to them, you know, that you've been promoted. So how do we leverage those sections? Instead of saying I was an associate and then a director, you know, instead of that, each one of those sections can be something you sell or something you offer. Instead of the, the title being your title, it's the title of your product or service. And then you can describe that product or service. So underneath the primary, here's my story, this is how I help, you can actually list out what you sell, what your products or your deliverables are. So when they scan, it pops out and they go, oh, it's software. That's what they sell. I don't know if you do any consulting or you don't think you do, but if you had, I think you have one, really one major project. Product. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, like very, have, we're very straightforward. <laughs> yeah, like I have, I have four or five, right? So right. I have public classes, I have classes for teams, I have coaching, I have keynotes, which are kind of on the burner now, right? And so I can lay those all out, profile makeovers, I can lay them out as deliverables in, um, in my experience section. So it's almost like you're laying it out so someone could hire your product for a job instead of you for a job. And most people contradictorily, conversely, contradictorily, will use their profile, their, their experience section to, as if they're trying to be hired for a job. They're, they're pitching themselves and their experience and their abilities. But really, are you trying to get a job right now or are you trying to sell stuff right now? Right. And this will, you know, you taught me something. I got to learn about you and your story. And here's what you can sell me. It qualifies people in and they go, you know what? We should look at that. And I, I'm now interested in talking with her or him. So, yeah. Yeah. This, I, I forget which sales thought leader talks about this, but um, they talk about positioning your product so that someone would want to hire it to do a job. So you're like, it's and this, this really, what you're saying really fits in nicely with that. Like you- Oh, I want to know who that is. I want to meet him or her. Um, they, I think they've been on my podcast. I forget who it is. All right, is, I'll go back and listen. One of our listeners right now who's just been like, who's binging straight through, they're like, you idiots. It's like 10 episodes ago. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back and, I'll go back and listen. So someone, uh, 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 yeah, but it, you know, the concept was it's like we, you, you hire, uh, when, whenever someone makes a purchase, it's like they hired a product to do a job. And so you mm-hmm. want to describe the job that your product is going to do for someone, the benefits that they're going to receive from having that job done, to, done for them. Mm-hmm. But it was a really cool kind of framework to remind people to communicate in terms of the value that the, the buyer is going to receive when you're selling. That's exactly, that's totally aligned with what, um, what we're talking about. Well, I don't, I don't get credit for it. Someone smart thought of this. I'm just repeating as usual. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I pride myself on having like no unique thoughts. I just repeat other people's great thoughts. <laughs> I, I listen to a podcast today so that I can get inspired. Now, I rarely take exactly what they say. And if I do, I give them credit but I get inspired by something and go, hmm, how can I spin that into LinkedIn? So. I love it. Yeah, well, we've, 
I mean, I, and, and we're, I might bore the listeners here, but I've, I, I've, uh, I've had a lot of fun with this podcast, like just bringing all these smart people together and getting their takes on the world through the lens of like, this is the listener is outside salespeople or their managers. It's been, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, and, and kind of getting everyone's perspective it's a, through this unique lens has been really cool. That's great. Um, but, uh, okay. So once you've done these things that we've discussed to your profile, what is the next thing that you should do? So this is, um, kind of, uh, in the air on, on the order in which we should do this. So I'm just going to talk about for the sake of kind of aligning the conversation that we're going to talk about content next. Most salespeople, we end up with content at the end because they don't see the value in that yet, but it totally aligns with the conversation we just had. So we'll talk about content next. There's three, three things we need to do with content. We need to first curate content, find content to share. We need to get original content and we need to engage on other people's content, right? So that, that's, that's LinkedIn 101 when it comes to content, right? So just the three things to think about. Curating content. We need to make sure that we are curating content that our buyers care about, not what we care about. We end up sharing the stuff we like. So one of my major philosophies across all of teaching LinkedIn and social selling is stop focusing on hitting your goal, focus on helping your client hit theirs, right? So when you put that in perspective, all the content that you're sharing should help your client move closer and closer to success or closer and closer to talking to you about getting to success, right? So they need the value from it. It's not about the lead gen piece that gets them to download something. That's not what it's about. It's about engaging them in a way that's meaningful to them. So it's not about what you need them to do. It's what they need to get. Across the board, that's the content that works today. So look at, take, you've got to invest a good hour or two and look at every one of your clients and the people in their organization that you'd want to engage and take inventory of the content they're engaging on. Look at what is it that they're sharing? What is it that they're commenting and liking? So a couple things, you can actually find the author of some of those things or the, the website that they're pulling from, right? And that's great places to curate content because they're already engaging with content from them that will resonate. Now you also want it to align with what you do. So it's an, an interesting balance, right? You don't wanna, if you're selling um, software to salespeople, you don't wanna talk about hardware, you know, telephone systems, right? So you wanna make sure that everything you're doing is talking about being a more efficient salesperson. So it doesn't have to be about software, but it has to be your solution is helping salespeople be more efficient. So you want to attract salespeople that want to be more efficient. So the content that you want to, you want to find what's the content they're sharing that aligns with being more efficient. So I know that sounds like a mouthful, but it's only a couple of hours of research to get there. Mm -hmm. And it's worth no, that, it. Yeah, this makes complete sense. I mean, it's, it's almost, it's on focus on your audience and figure out who your who your buyer is and what what they're interested in and give them what they're interested in right and you can put your spin on that and you can put your thought leadership behind it using hashtags look at the hashtags that are in this the posts that your your clients and your prospects are, are you know all that fun stuff so we got that that's that's the curation piece we'll say engagement next then we'll go to in, so engaging Every client and prospect that I have that I'm actively engaging, and I do this actually in Sales Navigator, but if you have the free LinkedIn, bookmark their activity feed. So if you use Chrome bookmarks, or you can even create a, a folder on your desktop and drag and drop their, their, the link 
to their posts. So you can go to their, their profile and go down to their activity and click on posts and it has its own URL, right? So that link will go to their post every single time. So I have a book, you have a bookmark inside of Chrome that is, you know, prospects or clients content. So I, I have a prospect who's sharing a lot of content. I'm dragging and dropping them into a folder or I'm, I'm creating a bookmark for them. So now they're in one folder, whether it's in the bookmark or on my desktop. And I'm like, I'm ready to engage today with all of my clients, all of my prospects. I can highlight all of those, pro, those links, right click open in Chrome and 55 tabs are gonna open up all on my prospects posts. Every one of them I have intentionally saved because I'm going after them. Now I can see what's the new post, like, comment, close. Like, you know, get into, read it, spend. Now I can engage with them once a week. In under 20 minutes, I can get through all of them and I'm in front of them in a way that I'm not selling, I'm just engaging on their stuff. Very powerful. Right? Like, it's so simple. And are you, it, con you're continually going back to the same people or you're noticing which ones of your prospects and customers are very active and just kind of making a, a quick, easy way to engage with all of them by opening up all the tabs and going through. Yeah. So, I mean, look, we could dr drill down. So I would say, look at the content. If the content is relevant and is similar to what you're doing, like and comment and then reach out to them, you know, and, you know, Steve, you had great content I saw the other day. Um, and made me think you might get some value from a post our, our company put out. I just wanted to get it in front of you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Right. Or, or if you really want to go, let me know if you're interested, I'll send you a link. Now you're really like, you didn't even send the link. You're just getting permission to send the link. And they're like, wow, like, yeah, I want that. They beg for it. Um, and then you start a conversation, right? So, so there's, I, I could go deeper and deeper in how to really use those saved URL posts, right? But the, the, the concept is you don't have to hunt for those people every single time. And it's really easy to, to you know, when you're, you, you, you're in conversation and, you know, just take them out of the prospect list and put them in the client list, which I engage with differently. Absolutely. Um, and what do you think, what does it take to get people to take your call, to make the jump from um, kind of e either a, a new prospect engaging with you on LinkedIn or someone who you were nurturing more mid funnel uh, in LinkedIn. What does it take to, to leverage that CTA, the call to action that you were talking about to actually get them to engage with you on, in a phone call or a meeting, et cetera? So it, you have to master the ask offer ratio. I ask you for three minutes to read a post or watch a video at the end of the three minutes. Remember, just as I said, it, it's like content too. I either feel like it was a bait and switch. The topic was better than the meat inside of the, the, you know, and we get them all the time. It's neutral. It doesn't hurt you. It doesn't get you anywhere or I'm compelled to take action. Right. And so the better we do where I'm compelled to take action, which could just be a like or a comment, it's moving us closer and closer to a phone call. If they are compelled to, they even think of this is great information. Now reach out to them. I'm, you've got to engage with the people that are engaging with you. And by the way, you're getting the content into their inbox. And so they may actually not engage publicly, but say something in your inbox like, thanks, that was really good. That was really interesting. I may even come back if they ignore it and say, um, by the way, I read through this article again and this paragraph I think is really relevant to you. Like if you know, you know, like I'd love, you know, love to hear. And they're like, wow, they're really engaged on helping me on this piece. But ultimately the transition without kind of going through my entire training class, which I'm happy to do, but the transition is, um, I'm glad you really got some value from this. I have other insights I'd love to share with you. Um, they could even specific to your, that could be even specific to your company. If you're interested, let me know. I'm happy to schedule 15 minutes. That's it. Don't send a link yet. 
keep them like, it's like dating, right? Like don't call too soon, right? Like, and we want to, we want to jump in. We're salespeople. We want to, but if, you know, if you're interested in additional insights around this, this, and this, let me know. Now you've earned the right if that content that you shared was really good. If it was only neutral, you're not going to get the call. So you need phenomenal content. Now, original content. Let's talk about that. Original content does not have to be a blog post. We all think content blog, I'm not a writer, I'm in sales. Nope, I'm not a content producer. I'm going to tell you, if you are listening to this podcast right now, and you are a field sales rep, you are on the road, you are someone who is talking to clients day in and day out, you are the most prolific content producer of anyone in your company. You're just not capturing it. You are having the conversations about your products and services to new people every single day, and they're asking questions and you're providing answers, and you're a genius at content. You're just not capturing it. So what we just want you to do is be hyper aware of the real good stuff. What, what, how do you know? When someone says, hmm, that was interesting, or wow, I never thought of that, like thought of it like that, or I had no idea you could do that. Those are triggers to say, I just said something worth posting. So you need a, 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 a journal. I have in the middle of sales calls, I'm sitting across from two or three people and I'll say something. I'm like, I just want to write that down real quick. And they laugh at me. I'm like, just watch. I'll give you credit when I post it. And they laugh. Now I'm in this business, so it's okay to do it. But, you know, it, it, write down even a couple of, because you'll forget, right? But write down a couple of notes that will remind you of what you said. You don't have to write a blog post on it. You can do a 20 second video from your car and post it. You can create a PowerPoint video with your one quote and post it. I mean, the, you can use wordart.com, which is free to make really cool images with the words that you talk. You know, you have three sentences, paste in those words and it makes a little pretty picture with all your words in it, like a word cloud, right? That's cool. Lots of, it's cool. It's really cool. There are so many things that you can do using your own words. Go look through your old emails. There's a whole library of stuff whenever you've answered a question. And if yeah, you're really we, stuck, one last piece, if you're really, really stuck, if you have subject matter experts inside of your company, go interview them. Okay. Now, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I've, we, we've done a lot of this at, at Badger, you know, capturing um, content and especially like around questions people have about the product or how to do something. And we've just always made these little like, you know, minute demo videos of because people are like, how do I do this in the product? Or can I do this in the product? I'm like, yes. And here's how we'll like make a little demo video. And then we put all that in a knowledge base that's like searchable. And it is unbelievable when you look at the the like the usage rates of that it's because it, people people get right in the app you, they'll just like tap to like oh how do like how do i do this yeah, or like they'll search for how to do it it'll give them a little video and how to here's how you do it. it the usage rates are are phenomenal it's saved us so much time and gotten yeah. so much engagement to just make these silly little videos that like don't take any time i mean you know someone on the someone on the support team just does it. I'm not even sure what, like what the screen capture product they're using or whatever, but they're just like basically videoing their screen and recording themselves talking and, and boom, it like shows them how to do it. And it's been, I think everyone should do that. I mean, just, you know, about really everything. Cause people and put the answers at people's fingertips, put the value at people's fingertips and, uh, and they'll use it. So we want to even go beyond that. I love that. I want to go beyond that for you. Maybe you have a, a quick call with one of your clients who's a field rep that's using Badger. And I don't, this isn't about a testimonial, but this is, um, I want one uh, time and territory efficiency tip from you. And you get a video on zoom that's under three minutes where you're talking with them about, you know, territory efficiency or, you know, how do you, what's your territory planning? 
maybe you're talking to a regional manager and you get one tip from 50 people and you're now known for, you know, what's your territory efficiency tip outside of Badger, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? But we're having conversations with successful people who are using Badger and you could even say, John Smith, Badger client, I don't, you know, that's fine. But you're highlighting other people getting their tip and now all of a sudden you're building deeper relationships with your clients. You can even do it with prospects if you want to, you know, just say, what's, what's your, your territory efficiency tip of the day? And now you've got a huge library of tips, not specifically about Badger, but around the people that watch them are sales reps that want to be more efficient or sales leaders that want their team to be more efficient with their time on the road. Very cool idea and creating resources like that. Then you could, you could post those videos all over the place. You could slur them together into one big YouTube video. You a lot, lot of options there and, and it's creating valuable content. Really cool. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. What, what about approaching people? How do you recommend that a field salesperson approach a new prospect on LinkedIn that they don't know from before? What are some best practices to start start a real conversation with someone. Yeah. So I'm not a LinkedIn cold caller lead gen kind of person. I focus on warm referrals, client referrals, networking referrals primarily. Well, but okay. But that's, that is a way of cold approaching someone, right? Like you, well, so you I are mean, just, I just wanted to kind of be clear on, on my philosophy. So um, your, so your approach is don't approach cold, warm it up with an introduction. Yes. If you have none, you can start by engaging on their content, right? And moving it in, kind of having a presence for a good week or two, engaging on content, commenting. Then when you connect, align other content, whether it's yours or someone else's that, you know, to what they want. You know, was it that? I saw you were really engaged on this kind of content, thought you'd like this, right? Like bring that in if you're going to cold call. Otherwise, right, what we, what we want to do is come in at a higher level of credibility. So, you know, there's, there's kind of three levels. There's introductions, referrals. Well, it's two levels. There's really introductions and referrals. And then overarching is permission to name drop, which has transformed our business and our client's business. And I'll explain it in a minute. So an introduction is from anyone in your network that knows you, but has never hired you. Mm-hmm. A referral is from a client, someone who has experienced you, knows you're awesome, high, high, high credibility. Now, what happens is we're limited to one or two introductions or referrals. Like you can't ask someone to make 40 introductions for you or right. make 40 referrals. And we also then give up control of the sales cycle, right? So we ask someone to make an introduction. They say, sure, half of them do, some of them forget, some do it wrong. It's weird. Even if we say, we'll write it for them, it still doesn't happen right and it's awkward. So we have actually transitioned as a company, unless it's a really hot leader, like that's my fraternity brother, or I, I, you know, he reported to me for five years or I reported to him for three years, right? That, is that that's different. I'll take that introduction or referral. If it's someone that they know and then they would recognize their name, I'm going to ask permission to name drop. So this is what I'll say. So, so thanks so much for reviewing, you know, these 18 names with me, you know, that for the client, um, you know, we've identified eight of them that you think I should reach out to. Would it be okay? that I mentioned that you're my client and that you thought it made sense for me to reach out. And you're like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. They're so they're actually relieved. You didn't ask for the introduction. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to reach out and I'll say, you know, um, Fred, Anne and I were chatting the other day, your name came up in conversation and she thought I should reach out and introduce myself. I've been working with her for two years doing this, this, and this let's connect and I'll loop you in and what we talked about. Now we connect and we set up a call. Half of them, if we do the process right and we run the names by them, yes, they'll know my name, half of them will turn to false. 
Yeah, I wish that LinkedIn had an automated way to do this because I have like 20,000 followers and people ask me for introductions to people all the time. And they're like, but that's why the name drop is so amazing, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. I just wish there was a button that LinkedIn, I could press on LinkedIn, someone has asked for this introduction and I could just click a button and say, introduce, introduce, introduce. <laughs> like I do 40 of them at they once. They used to. They actually used to have the, yeah, and they took the feature away. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, yeah that would be super useful because, you know, have, invariably, I don't know one of the people that are trying to be introduced. Like, I mean, I know them, but like, I don't remember where from or whatever. Like, it's. Yeah. Know. And then, you know, if that's the case and I'm making an introduction, but that's why I like to go from 18 to the seven or eight people that will. And I'll say, if I met, if I drop your name, will they know who you are? Mm -hmm. If the answer is, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm doing it. Okay. Okay. That, that's a great rule of thumb. Mm -hmm. um, so that's prospects and kind of going after new leads. Who else should salespeople be having conversations with on LinkedIn and how should they be having them other than prospects? All right. So I'm going to go back to my sales training days for a moment and then I'll bridge it back to LinkedIn. Five things we want from every client, more business, internal introductions to other people that could use our products or services, external introductions, other people of other companies that are like them that could buy, case studies, testimonials, you know, all those fun things, and vendor introductions. Those are the referral partners that you share a client with, much stronger than any other referral partner you can build. Why? A couple of reasons. They have now come, well, assuming you do it right, if you say to your client, you know, so for you, uh, uh, who would be a good referral partner from a, a title perspective or from a company perspective? Uh, for, for us, I mean, the, our favorite ones are CRM systems. So CRM systems right. that don't have our capabilities, um, they, which are all so of them. Who do you who do you what what CRM system do you so we well we integrate with a bunch of them so that the the data passes back and forth seamlessly and okay any Great. of them like the my goal with any of them is to get them to let their customers who like go to them and ask their sales reps or customer service reps hey I really want mapping and routing I want that customer service rep or sales rep to be like oh we have that with this integration with this company let me tell you about them and introduce them. That's exactly. like so you, perfect. So you go to every client and say, can I meet your Salesforce rep? Mm -hmm. Right. Every one of your clients, how many clients could you do? Not that you need to share. Oh, I mean, if, we probably have 5,000 companies using Badger. So that, that would take me all week. <laughs> okay. No, but but this is what you said, what else do I do, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. No, we go to them it. and say, you know, you say, um, you know, Terry, been, absolutely love working with you. I know that you really love Salesforce and that this has been working great. I'm wondering who is your rep and would it be okay if I reach out to them directly and let them, you know, kind of, and have a conversation? Sure, here's their name. Now you reach out and you're like, hey, Fred, Ter you and I both work with Terry over at ABC Company. I thought it made sense for me to reach out and introduce myself. And, you know, I really want to get to know, it, 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 uh, you know, I think it's in our client's best interest that we have a quick conversation too, right? And now most of them will take your call because they don't want you going back to your client saying they blew me off. So if you have 5,000 clients, there are probably 3,500 sales reps, because they'll overlap some, that you have to talk to. And that will take your call because you share a client. So how do we bring that back to LinkedIn? Once you've built rapport, go mine their connections and say, I don't know if these are your clients or not, but these are the people you're connected to that I'd love a conversation with. Can I drop your name? And how do you mine their connections? That's, uh, that's, that's, that's probably so easy. Skill. That's the easy part. So if you have the free LinkedIn, you visit their profile. There's two ways to get there, but you can visit their profile. You click on their 500 connections. Once you do that, um, you can, well, you know what? I'm going to, 
you could well, at that point I'm going to do a different way because this is going to be easier for people to follow without visual. Click on the search bar at the top. Click on the people, which is in the drop down. That's going to take you to the filters. You click on all filters and it opens up this beautiful little area where you can drill down to find people. So we're going to click on second degree connections because we don't care about the ones we share in common. We only care about the ones we don't know yet, potentially. And then the next filter is connections of. So once you're connected on LinkedIn, you type in their name and you choose it. You complete all the other filters, including the titles of people that you want to meet and you hit apply and it'll take their 800 connections down to 23 that meet that criteria. It's magic. That is magic. Um, well, that's, that's definitely uh, something that people are going to have to try on their own and, and, uh, and think about how they can leverage it in their own businesses. Um, what, what would you say some of the biggest mistakes are that field mm. salespeople make when they're prospecting on LinkedIn? Number one mistake, connect and pitch. Done, 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 done. I don't care how great your copywriter was or your marketing team was that put that together, it's bad. The moment I, I mean, I turn all the pitches into and what do you and, and just define what you mean when you say connect and pitch? Thanks so much for accepting my connection request. We help companies just like you. I get like 17,000 of these a day. <laughs> biggest, biggest, biggest mistake. Delete, 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 delete. You're not going to get business from it. I don't care if your marketing people told you you are, that it works in email. I don't teach email. I don't think it works there either. But no one wants to be pitched. They want to be helped. They want to get value. You need to provide enough value that gets them to engage in one way or another. A thank you. That was awesome. Appreciate you thinking of me. And then you start a normal conversation. You would never walk up to someone at a trade show and say, we help companies just like you. There is a human being on the other side of the computer. Treat them that way. It's not a marketing campaign. It's a relationship building tool in my mind. Biggest, biggest, biggest mistake. Next mistake, connect and forget. I have all these great people in my network and no one knows who I am and I haven't had any conversations and I haven't engaged. You got to fix that. Lots of ways to fix that. My favorite way, export your connections, do a little inventory, highlight the people you want to start a conversation with, and on mobile, send them a little video message that says, we've been connected for some time and we've never really had a chance to get to know one another. And I wanted to reach out and introduce myself. I thought video was a fun way to do that. Um, and as a, a regional sales leader, I thought you might also get some value from a new post. I'm going to post the link below. Um, love to hear your thoughts. And now they have a video of you and a link to content, and it's a great way. Or you could even say, you know, uh, you know, on a side note, we just posted some content on X, Y, and Z. If you're interested, let me know. I'll send you the link. Depends on kind of, and now they're like, wow, that's crazy. So they say a video, no one's doing that. It's on mobile. You go into message, you know, where you would normally send a message and you click on video and turn it to selfie mode and you have yourself a video. It doesn't cost you anything and you get a high level of engagement. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, this is in the LinkedIn app, the messaging yes. part of it. Correct. Yeah. I've heard of this. I've heard of this feature. I've never actually used it though. So easy. People love it. Yeah. Video is so powerful. It is. Um, so how can, other than, other than that, reaching out to their existing customers, how can sales reps leverage LinkedIn to have more conversations with prospects who can become customers? 
So it's really all about showing up as a resource. And I, I know I've said this a lot, but it's, it, it's about nurturing, having a plan in place, making sure that you are getting good content, really good, compelling content, that you're mastering the ask offer ratio. And there will, you know, the, the, that conversion of I'm having a conversation online and then you're like, you know what, it seems like this is a really, a topic that's really interesting to you. I've got some insights that I'd love to share, additional insights I'd love to share with you on this topic. Um, if you're open, let me know. I can send you a link and we can set up a time to talk. Maybe one out of 10, if you've got a conversation, well, some people will say, you know what, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm not in the market right now, but let's stay in touch. Okay, tickler, right? And then I'll engage on their content for a few months. Um, and some people will say, yeah, absolutely, let's schedule. And they have a problem, something that you've identified. And because you've mastered the ask offer ratio, because what you've given them was so worth their invested time, they know a 15 minute call with you will be valuable. You know, something that keeps coming up that I realize could use some more insight from you. When you say engage on their content, you don't just mean like the content or say great content. What do you, what do you mean by that? To open up their post, read it, and pull something from it that resonates with you. I don't always read the whole thing. Sometimes I scan it. Sometimes I see a percentage that pops out and I'm like, oh, that's a really cool percentage. And then I'll put a little spin around what I think, or I'll say, you know, I really appreciate you sharing this, um, uh, loved this, right? And, and then I've copied and pasted it right from, but at least they're like, oh, she read it. She looked at it. Sometimes I'll mention one of my teammates. I'll say, you know, at Bill McCormick, check this out. You're going to love it. Sometimes that's all I do. Right. For me, when someone mentions someone on my post, that's the biggest compliment you could give me because you want someone else to read it. So sometimes I will consciously mention a teammate and they know I'm doing it. Maybe it is good. Maybe they should read it. But immediately that stands out to them. So there's a lot of different ways that you can engage that makes you different than just the and, and like it, too. Um, lots of ways to engage, or you can share it with on your newsfeed with your ideas and your thoughts around it. They love that too. And then it's, it's reaching out to them in the appropriate amount of time saying, I loved the post. They know you did that you put out on this. I'd love to share insights or I'd love to share. I have, I, you know, we have a post very similar to this or on the same Typically people that, that are talking about this are interested in this. Is this something you'd be interested in? I'd love to send you a link to it. Don't send it until they say yes. Oh, that's an interesting strategy. And, and t let's dig into that. Why do you do it that way? Because they're not asking for it, right? We don't, it, it feels spammy. Now, if someone connects with you and asks a question, sure, you're in it, you're engaged. But if you want to start a conversation with, you want it to be permission-based. So, you know, so thank you so much for sharing this, th that content. I really loved it. It reminded me of a piece that our, our, our company put out a couple months ago on X, Y, and Z. If you're interested, let me know. I'm happy to send it to you. Now we have a conversation going. They don't feel like I tried to spam them. They're like very permission-based. No one is ever offended by that because they can say no thank you. Or they can, no one is like, oh, she's pushing her stuff on me. She's trying to sell me. It's a little, it's like dating, right? You need to little hold back a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let them lean in. You talked about referral partners before. How do you leverage referral partners on LinkedIn to get more engagement, get more business? I'll, yeah, I mean, similar to the client, we search and filter their connections, find out who else they know that we want to meet and have a conversation. And their problem, if they are a vendor of one of our shared clients and our client loves us and our client loves them, they're going to be much more comfortable making introductions or allowing us to name drop because they know that we're doing a good job for a shared client.
Next section of the outside sales talk today is called sales in 60 seconds. So quick questions, quick answers. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What is the one thing that a lot of salespeople don't do enough of on LinkedIn, but should focus more on to become more successful? They should focus on mining their clients' connections and running the names by them. How many hours per week should salespeople spend on social media? I hate to say that it depends, but it does. So it really depends if they're ABM, they've got a certain amount of accounts, it might be a lot less. Um, but I, I would say on average, a really good salesperson is on between 15 minutes and 30 minutes a day. What's the biggest measurable success you've seen from someone implementing social selling in their sales practice? I had one client uh, during quarantine when all business was down that uh, used, took my course and used the technique to get a warm introduction into a, an opportunity and closed $1.5 million because she knew someone that knew a decision maker and she was able to close a big staffing deal. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I had the recommendation on my profile. <laughs> By the way. By the um, way, it's in writing. You can go check. <laughs> Real humans getting value. I love it. Um, what's your best piece of advice on joining and engaging in relevant LinkedIn groups? Um, five years ago, I would have had a different uh, answer. This, th my answer now is it's a waste of time. They're, they're oh. poorly run. Interesting. You're not updated. You don't, it's, it's, yeah, it's not great. And I hope it will be again, but currently it's not. Very interesting. Um, what's the best networking advice you've ever received? Uh probably ask more questions and listen more that the old cliche you have one mouth and two ears for a reason <laughs> when, you, when you talk with someone um and you know if they i think it's if they talk 80 percent of the time they think that you're the best conversation person in the world so i think it's really about learning about them and and um don't not kind of don't talk about what you do until you're asked. That's another one. As an actionable takeaway, what should the field salespeople listening today do as a first step towards getting started on selling with LinkedIn? Uh, I, they have to work on their profile because everything that they do after that is going to lead back to the profile and your profile can make or break all the hard work that you put in. Makes sense that that would be first. Uh, okay, well, I'm gonna try to summarize this for everybody that's in their car right now. Um, social selling is about showing up with empathy, building relationships, and being there at the right time to move forward in the relationship. Your LinkedIn profile needs to be positioned correctly. Don't use LinkedIn as a resume or as a brag book. Move your LinkedIn from being a resume to being a real resource for your prospects and customers. Use your LinkedIn profile to create curiosity to get your prospects and customers to think a little differently and to create a conversation. Your headline should get your buyer to keep reading. This is how you, you really resonate with them and connect with them right off the bat. So the headline in your profile needs to talk about who you help, how you help them, and the difference you make. So she gave a, an example for, for me. Mine should be something like, we help outside sales professionals organize their day so that they can be more efficient in the field. You want this to elicit curiosity. The next section is your about section. And, and here you want to provide value. So address the challenge that your customers are facing express how much business they're losing due to their inefficiency in the field from if you're me and you know that's my my example like how you are you know you could have seen more customers if you had been you're not able to do as much today because of so show them what they're losing um 
and, and this, this should kind of elicit concern. So at first it was curiosity. Here's how I help. Here's the difference I can make. Now this about section, they should, they should come to the end of into this section feeling that they've, they've gotten value. You wanted to provide them with value and they, you should, and they should have some concern that they need this value. And that the combination of those two things, you've earned the right to make them an offer. Uh, and this is why you add a call to action or a CTA at the end of your, your about section and, and, and kind of help, help them walk down the path of the next steps. Uh, you want to make them an offer on what, the on what the next steps with you could be because you've earned it. You've provided value. You've gotten them concerned. And, uh, and now they're, they're, listening, they're ready to listen to your offer. You want to also... Your, your next section is your experience section, and you wanna use your experience section to highlight your deliverables. Everyone, and almost everyone gets this wrong. Everyone uses this section as, a, as their experience and their resume, right? That's the way LinkedIn was designed as a, as a headhunter tool, and so they built it this way, but now you're using it as a sales tool. So use your experience section to highlight your deliverables. Each section of your experience, it, it's, it's kinda of like pitching the product and what that you, that you sell and what services that you offer with that product and, and what the value and benefit is that the, the, the customer gets from that, that product or service. So it's, it's, it's almost like it, it's a resume about your product. It's not a resume about you. You're not trying to get a job right now, or, well, obviously this all changes. If you are trying to get a job, you would switch it to being about you. But then once you've got that sale, next sales job, then you, you would, uh, you'd switch it back to being a, a pitch about your product. Um, curate content, uh, get original content and engage with other people's content when you're posting. And so this is the next, the next important area. So you've got your, you know, you've got your headline, you've got your about section, you've got your experience section, and, and that's kind of setting up your profile. Now we're talking about what to do next on LinkedIn. And that's, that's, uh, how you interact with people. So you curate content. You make or get from your company original content and then you engage with other people's content. Curate content that your buyers really care about. Focus on their goals that they're trying to accomplish. Engage with prospects and customers in a way that's really meaningful for them. Look at the content your prospects are engaging on and, and, and you can kind of get a good idea. It's almost like a little survey of what they want to see. And, and you're often, if you sell to dentists, for example, you are an expert in dental practices to some degree. You want to be able to have meaningful conversations and be the eyes and ears in the world for other dentists. Like for a dentist, you want to look at all these other practices. How are they dealing with parking? How are they dealing with, you know, the waiting room right now? How are they dealing with, you want to be an expert and be able to engage with them and, to, and give them great content um, that's valuable to them. And, and make sure that the content that you're sharing aligns well with what you do. You can bookmark your prospects activity feed so that you can engage with them really easily later um, with just, you know, a few clicks of a button. And you, you want to master the ask to offer ratio. So give your prospects and customers something so that it's worth their time and, is, and it's compelling for them to get in a call with you and take the next step toward, um, toward doing business with you. You want, you want the content to be truly valuable or you can't do that. So that's, that's kind of the key piece there. You've got to have truly useful content for them, not useful content for you. This isn't what you're interested in. This is what they're interested in. You want to get introductions or referrals on LinkedIn to shorten sales cycles. It can, it can, uh, it's a great way to get in front of people. You can use the strategy that, that, uh, that Bren laid out about asking your question connections, if you can name drop and that'll gain you credibility. You want to mine your connections, connections. That's hard to say. So your connections, connections, the people that you know that are connected, that, that the people that are connected to the people that you know, so that you can find the best people to get introductions and referrals for. Remember, no one wants to be pitched. They want to get helped. They want to receive value. And, uh, and so when you, when you approach your, your LinkedIn communications and strategies, approach it from that perspective. Uh, Bren, this has been so fantastic. Uh, where, where can our listeners read more about your work, 
and where can they reach out to you? Well, wait, first, how the heck did you do that? I could not have recapped that. <laughs> that <laughs> was crazy. You're, you're talking, I'm writing. <laughs> yeah, but I, that was amazing. Okay, so but writing, I don't know how you captured all of that. Okay, so I'm still the only Bryn, on, Bryn Tillman on LinkedIn. Um, if you're looking for more content like this, we almost always have a free webinar going on at linkedinwebinar.com. You can visit socialsaleslink.com to learn a little bit more. Uh, and our content on LinkedIn, if you follow hashtag SSL for social sales, like SSL insights, you'll get a ton of content that uh, really can help you grow your business. Outstanding. We'll put all that in the, in the show notes so people can find it easily here. Uh, Bren, this has been a great episode of the Outside Sales Talk. And if any of our listeners can think of other sales reps that would benefit from the stuff that Bryn talked about today, and I would say that's everyone. <laughs> I mean, I've got some action items after, after this little conversation, Bryn, but uh, forward this on to them um, if, if you can think of anyone like that. Uh, and uh, definitely, th th there's something we could all learn from this one, I think. Uh, take care until next time, everybody. Bryn, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you.